Today on the Accounting for You podcast, we're continuing our conversation with John Snodgrass, and we're talking about individual health coverage plans and Medicare plans. Welcome to the Accounting for You podcast, brought to you by the accounting firm of Atkins and Reynolds CPAs. This podcast is designed to provide relevant tax and accounting information to help you and your business succeed. If you enjoy listening in, please like and subscribe to our channel. Now, on to the show. So is there any benefits uh, in, in your role when you're meeting with a small business owner of having of the small business owner having a, you know, a CPA firm on their side of things um, that working together? Is there, you know, can you speak to oh, any benefits there sure. for, for the for the small business owner where they're working with you and a CPA? Sure. The 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 key to the CPA is, like I say, I can come and present you with plans and I can say this is the best deal on this level of benefit or that's the best deal on that level of benefit no matter what the insurance carrier is or level funded or whatever we're doing mm-hmm. but I don't know if he can afford it or not right that's what you guys do you you help them he knows he's got money but does he have I mean just because he's got money in the till doesn't mean right. he can afford right. it right right, right. <laughs> yeah yeah and with good good financial records and we've talked about this uh, you know several yes. times you know with good financial records we can look into your business and see if you can afford this and do some projections and, and we've even talked about cash flow planning and tracking of you know plugging that into a future and seeing what really what would happen to your business if you do all of a sudden need to start paying for health insurance right. and, and that kind of stuff so. and and we talk about the you know just the affordability that that is the biggest piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. i had one one employer uh, had a recording studio years ago and he he always joked that he was back in the days of tape <laughs> before <laughs> everything was digital and uh, his number one vendor was me <laughs> and his number two vendor was 3M, where he did all of his recording tape and such. I, he said, "You're my number one vendor." I said, "I don't know if I should be happy about that or not." You know, <laughs> right. but but then you like I went back to the dental and the vision, mm-hmm. life insurance, pennies. You know, you get into dental and disability, uh, nickels, quarters, right. maybe even. Right. You know, health insurance is dollars. It's the big. Yeah. It's the mm-hmm. big one, obviously. Okay. All right. Well, uh, so we've talked a little bit about, you know, we've talked about the small business uh, um, health plans. Jay, did you have anything else that you want to ask John? I'm just going to say from all these conversations with John, it is very obvious this is a very complicated situation of working the health insurance, the ACA, and all that combined. Plus, I wanted to point out this is not something you want to just go to anyone who sells insurance because you do need someone specializes in this that has the knowledge that John has. There are a lot of different insurances out there, and we don't see a tremendous amount of people that work with health insurance. It is sort of a different animal than some of the others. Yeah, it's not something to go just to your brother-in-law because he happens to sell insurance (laughs) and can also write me a a small business plan. (laughs) There is a lot of complexity. (laughs) Absolutely. And and for that same reason, we don't do property and casualty, for example. Mm -hmm. And we do do, uh, burial plans at my office. Seth Crabtree takes care of that, but we don't do like executive life insurance and things like that. So we have a lot of property and casualty and life insurance agents that partner with us because they have the client, but they don't want to know that. They're Mm -hmm. busy doing what they do. They don't want to have to know what all those acronyms stand for, right? right? And I'm the same way on there. So we we work well together. We have good synergy with with uh, agents and and we you know they're licensed so we can split business commissions with mm-hmm. them and that kind of thing, 
And for 34 years, we've been doing that. I mean, with agents all over the area. Yeah. I know. I know if I have a client call and they start asking me health insurance questions, I just go, you know what? You don't need to talk to me about that. I'll talk about the tax side of it, but you you need to talk to John. (laughs) Well, and I'm that way with financial planners and CPAs and all that, too. I said, I've got, you know, like I'm big on get your Social Security when when you can, you know, when the penalties aren't there. I said, but you need to talk to your financial person about that. All right. Well, so we uh, we talked obviously about the small small businesses and stuff like that. So now let's kind of transition over to the individual health and Medicare plans. Um, obviously, you know Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, that completely changed health insurance Boy. and the way things wait the way you go at things. So um, what? Um, I mean, a question would be what are some key provisions of all of that? But just let's just. Dive right in. Okay. You know, Affordable Care Act. What's your okay. thoughts, John? Okay. <laughs> Where do you want to go with that one? <laughs> Without being political, that's right. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Everybody says, well, you know. Okay. The basic thing about about the Affordable Care Act, especially as I mentioned earlier, about uh, after April of 2021, things changed. They basically went from, okay, if you're a family of two and you make $68,750, you can have $1,000 or whatever. Uh, but if you make seven hundred fifty-one, you know sixty-eight thousand seven hundred fifty-one dollars, you get no help at all. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to got over that during the year, that's when they determine this is in your tax return. So you might have gotten twelve, fifteen thousand dollars of of subsidy. Guess what? You got to pay it all back. Mm-hmm. So hope, thankfully, they've kind of fixed that and a couple other little things that we've been harping on for eight years now. But number one, the big thing is, is that. They they say now that whatever your income is, you won't pay more than eight and a half percent of that income, household income, toward that second lowest silver level plan. Okay, for those of y'all listening, just call me and I'll tell you which plan that is. But the bottom line is, it's a it's a average plan. So that's what determines your subsidy, mm-hmm. um, your home zip code, the age of the enrollees, and then the the subsidy that is offered based on that income and, and the number of people in the family. So then the marketplace, once they determine that this amount of subsidy is issued to get that plan, that locks in that amount, whether it's $2,500 or $2, okay? Then you could look at every plan in the marketplace in our area here in West Virginia, there are two different insurance carriers, and they have about a dozen plans each. So in the 20-some mm-hmm. plans, that you could use that same dollar amount, whether you bought a cheap plan or a, an expensive plan. In in my experience this year, um, most of the people got practically, if not literally, zero premium plans because they chose a high-deductible plan that was with a health savings account compatible, Mm -hmm. and they got it for $0 because the subsidy was more than the total premium was, so it just offset. Yeah. So it's a pretty wide question, sort of like what you were implying there earlier, Jay. Well, I know when they had the – when that rule with with the the fall-off of the income, I know we worked together on several clients Mm -hmm. in planning income for that year and trying to make sure that – see where their finances were coming in at to see are they going to lose their subsidy, are they not going to lose their subsidy. And I can remember one guy, for instance, we normally tell clients only buy assets when you need 
to buy assets, but he was contemplating a, a bigger equipment purchase. Maybe I'm going to do it this year. I really don't need it, but I may, f- you know, flip it to next year. And we started looking at his finances and working with John. So it's it was, like <laughs> this is the year you better buy it. Now. Yeah, and um, and I've had people that you know they open their health savings account, and mm-hmm. that's like a basically an IRA as far as taxes go. And uh, and they they said no, I didn't put any money in, and I've got to pay all this back. Go put. Six thousand dollars in it, and that brings your taxable income right. down, and you're healthy again. And they, I'm the guru, yeah. <laughs> so, for those of us that have never been on the ACA, how does the flow normally work with the subsidy? For example, say I would qualify for a thousand dollar subsidy, and I have a fifteen hundred dollar a month premium. Okay, then you would pay five hundred a month. So it's netted off the premium. Yeah. It's not actually money coming to the person. That's correct. And then paying the full amount. That's correct. The 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 insurance company will bill you the net part the the part after the subsidy and the federal government sends them the, the subsidy amount yes yes mm-hmm. so there's no chance of it being spent on something yeah else. yeah <laughs> I mean that's yeah obviously that's that's exactly why they do it yeah yeah and then they want to give it to you but they don't want to give it to you yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then at the end of the year, that's always you know reconciled on your in individual income tax right. return. When we file an individual income tax return, and somebody had the uh, you know that that health insurance, and they received the subsidy, we get the form ten ninety five A from the marketplace, and it lists the subsidy, and then it's compared to their income for the year, and you may owe back some of your subsidy, or you may qualify to get more subsidy, which adds to a tax overpayment if you have something like that. So, yeah. and we have seen that go both ways yes, and you know the subsidies obviously based on a prior year income for that year you can um, you can predict i mean mm-hmm. especially if you're self-employed um you know i say if you don't know you know some people mm-hmm. track better with you guys right. and so they got a clue what their year's looking mm-hmm. like and they say well we um, you know if i made a hundred thousand this year i'm gonna say i'm gonna make 120 next year because we're doing this in november for say the next calendar year the the good part about that is though if you can keep it in your mind a little bit it doesn't have to be on the front burner but at least on the back burner that okay i told john 120,000 if i see that that's going to be 130 140 mm-hmm. i need to call him so he can help adjust that and it will the, be adjusted mid year yeah you can adjust okay. it 10 times a year if you have to okay. you know but because some people's income is just sporadic Mm-hmm. The the question on the marketplace application says, you know, like here we are in July. They say, what's what are you making in July? Well, I don't do that. I kind of annualize it and divide it by twelve and throw it in there because uh, unless you're just an hourly employee and you're always working forty hours, your July is the same as your August is the same as your April, right? Mm-hmm. But but for us that are self-employed, I jokingly say all the time, you're either eating chicken or you're eating feathers, right? <laughs> so depending on what time of year it is, it might be your really good year, part of your year, mm-hmm. but you can't even spend that money because you know April's coming or November's coming or whatever, and there's no business. So right. that's why I just say let's let's kind of average it out and make it easier for everybody. But that way we can kind of, again, plan and track. And if you see that trend going up, or down, then you can call me up and we okay. will get back in there and help you change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what are the deadlines to get into uh, one of these one of these plans or, or rules to get into? It? Well, we have an open enrollment period every uh, in the fall, November first to December fifteenth, to get 
a January 1 effective date. Last year, and it seems like that's going to be permanent now, they extended that to January 15th. Okay. But if you don't enroll prior to December 15th or December 15th or earlier, then you would get a February 1st effective date. So, you, you know, the whole thing is to get coverage. Why would you wait? You've got mm-hmm. seven weeks to jump in there and do it, right? So right. That's my that's my take on it. But that's the main deadline. And every year, whether you had coverage or not, and you're just wanting to look at it to see, and you should every year, to see what plans are available, what the subsidy amount is. Sometimes the uh, the insurance company will always just say, okay, here's your plan. You were paying 200 a month now. Now it's going to be 220 But you don't know what that's based on. Uh, the government sends them information, but sometimes their figures are off. So I always encourage my clients to call me, at least call me if not come in, and let's walk through the subsidy application to make sure the in, the income amounts still relevant and all those things so that we can make sure, again, what's the most appropriate plan mm-hmm. and price for them. That's, that's very important. The other times during the year are called special enrollment provisions. Um, that's if, you know, you're on a group plan, you're on Medicaid, what have you, and or you're on your mom and dad's plan. If you turn 26, you got to come off, right? Mm-hmm. That's a special enrollment provision. You get a divorce, there's a death in the family, what have you. Those special events like that that would cause you to lose coverage allows you to say, boom, within 60 days, you've got this open period that you can jump in and get a plan mm-hmm. so that you have as little or no lapse of coverage. If you know that's coming, you can say, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be retiring, say, or I'm going to get laid off next week. So you know your coverage is going to end on August 31st. You can go up to 60 days in advance of that and go into the marketplace, and we'll have you all set up and ready for a September 1 effective date. So okay. it's it's quite handy that way. So you've got two months before or up to two months afterwards. Those are the special enrollment provisions. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so if I'm, you know, uh, and, and obviously as a small business owner, uh, this is kind of, the individual plans with the subsidy is the cheaper, more affordable option if you yes, were sir. thinking of doing a small group plan versus the affordable. That's correct. The individual plan. They so. came out back when all this happened in 2014. They came out with what they call shop plans, which is small health uh, uh, for small business. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> small group health option programmers. And uh, uh, they didn't take off. Mm. Uh, it was very, number one, the application process was very tedious for the employer, for the agent, and for the employee. They all had to go into this marketplace thing in this particular order to make things happen and so forth and so on. And we only had one carrier in West Virginia doing it, and they dropped out, and so there isn't any. But there were some tax credits for employers at mm-hmm. that time. And officially, if you're listening to this and you're in some state that offers a shop through the marketplace, that's an option to save some premium dollars. Okay. Um, so when I'm picking an individual health insurance plan, what, what am I looking for? In your opinion, if you're, you know, you're going to advise me, Chris, this is the plan that I recommend you take. What, what are your markers that you're looking for in a, in a, in a plan? The first thing I look for, because they all have a lot of similar options, mm-hmm. But the first thing I look for is what's the provider network look like? Okay. The uh, some of the plans are just 
uh, HMOs. And so that means basically you have that network and there's no benefit if you choose to go outside the network. Some HMO plans are still nationwide, like, like a PPO plan would be, but some of them are very uh, West Virginia only. Mm-hmm. Even if they're licensed in Kentucky and Ohio, then it's Kentucky only or Ohio only, even though all these providers, for example, I've got a lot of clients in in the southern part of Ohio that can't come to Cal or St. Mary's. They could throw a rock and hit St. Mary's from their house practically, but unless it's an emergency like a broken leg or a car wreck, they can't come there for health care. Mm. They have to go to Columbus or somewhere you know off the wall like that. So uh, a lot of people are upset about that with good reason because they've always been able to they consider that local because it's right. just across the river, right? Right. But uh, that provider network is the very first thing I consider, and then of course you know things like price and premium and plan design. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So um, I know when we were picking picking my plan, I'll use myself as an example. Uh, we were looking at uh, a traditional type of health insurance where I was out of pocket very little as I went to a doctor or something like that, uh, where with a higher premium. Mm-hmm. And then I was looking at high deductible plans with a lower premium, but I was out of pocket hard and fast. $6,000. Yeah, 6000 yeah. per person in mm-hmm. my family or, or, you know, all of that. And that's how I look at it. When, mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're working for an employer and you're getting the benefit that he's offering, you want it to be the best you can get. And the lowest price, mm-hmm. you know, and and you appreciate it. You know he's paying it, but it doesn't really occur to you as an employee how much this guy's paying out or the gal. So, but now we're talking about your money. So I, I kind of try to put that in perspective that I have them come in. I want a low deductible. You want to pay, the, you know, more money, whether you have a claim or not. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the perspective. So let's get the most bang for our buck, like those high deductible plans, health savings account. You can just keep stretching your dollars in so many ways. I say those kind of plans are great for people that have something big coming up. You're going to pay that first, say, $6,900. That sounds like crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. no matter what plan I sell you, you're going to hit it. Right. I mean, if you're going to have a $50,000 heart surgery or whatever, so why pay more money and still pay out the same amount of claim dollars when you could save yourself $5,000 a year? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's American money right there. Right. right? That would fund your HSA. Right. Which would stretch your tax dollars and... It only cost you thirty five hundred or whatever, you know. So, so we like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you talked a little bit about Medicare plans. What? Um, what's that about? Well, Medicare. <laughs> Medicare is a part. <laughs> you don't want to get into all that. Medicare plans. Uh, you know, the traditional thing is a Medicare supplement. Okay. Medicare pays its part, uh, and the supplement rolls in and pays its part, and you walk away smiling. I mean, it's that simple, very vanilla, and most people seem to want to do that, at least in our area. They they want to know simple. They don't want to think about how much am I going to have to pay mm-hmm. at this provider versus that provider, this test versus this surgery versus hospital stay. So they know that they've got a very minimal annual deductible, Part B print, the Part B deductible for 2023 is $226. Once they've met that, Again, all these other things that Medicare leaves behind, the supplement just toenails in perfectly, and they don't pay anything. Mm-hmm. They love that. And I love it, too. It is an age-rated program. 
it starts in the 125 to 150 male versus female range and and ages up, you know. But especially for those people that are just coming into Medicare, that's the deal. Otherwise, you can pay as low as $0. We've all seen those commercials, you know. <laughs> zero, zero, you know, but but they talk about premium. Mm-hmm. But then every single thing you do has a dollar attached to it. So you're going to bring your checkbook with you for everything you do. And some of those things can really cost on those Medicare Advantage plans. That's what I'm talking about now. Medicare Advantage plans basically have just $250 if you ride an ambulance and so much a day if you go in the hospital and so forth and so on. And there's some exceptions to that. But as a rule, you could be out if you have the wrong kind of claims or right kind of claims if you want to say it that way. You could be out five, six, seven thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. They have that kind of thing, and that's not counting your prescriptions. They're making changes mm-hmm. to the prescription benefits, and uh, right now, if you uh, have a lot of medications, you could pay uh, go through these two phases that that have you paying up to twenty five percent of the cost of your drugs. And some drugs are a thousand dollars a month, and some are even more than that, of course. Mm-hmm. But some of the common ones are in that kind of range. Then you get to a certain level of out-of-pocket. They roll you into what they call catastrophic mode for this year. Next year, they're going to basically pay 100% of the catastrophic mode. So right now, it's like you pay 5% of the cost of the drug is the maximum. Mm. So that's all changing, and eventually they're going to cut that part down over the next few years to where – Seniors won't pay more than $2,000 a year for their medications. I don't know what that's going to do to those premiums yet. Right, we'll right. just have to wait and see on that. So in someone coming into you for the first time that's about to go on to Medicare, I'm sure it's not just, there's the Medicare plan. <laughs> no. you know, I may have different issues than Chris has <clears throat> or someone else has. So mm-hmm. again, talk about the different things there yeah. uh, in looking at starting on Medicare with different health issues possibly. Yeah. Well, again, if you have any health issues at all, that's why we prefer a supplement because it just takes all that concern away because it's going to cover it all. No network to worry about any doctor in the country that's willing to bill Medicare you can go to. That, that, I mean, that's why it's so short and sweet on that. Medicare Advantage plans, though, uh, again, the premiums are very low because they're subsidized by the federal government. And some of the premiums, not only are they zero They'll also reduce your Part B premium that you got to have uh, to pay your Part B. So uh, one of them covers, uh, knocks off $102 off of that $164 per month Medicare Part B uh, premium. So they've got some real enticements to them. But again, okay, you saved a boatload on your premium. Now you're going to potentially spend it. Even if you added up the co-pays on a Medicare Advantage plan, you wouldn't probably be near that six or seven thousand dollars. There's just not enough. There's not enough utilization that you could. Every doctor visit, every lab test, every hospital stay, you'd get this many dollars out. But there are three things that, unless you're a PEIA person, I'll tell you that that PEIA Humana is custom made by the state to not have what I'm getting ready to talk about. So y'all. Talk amongst yourself, <laughs> but there are three things that I always con- that I'm always concerned and make sure that I tell my people about if they're considering a Medicare Advantage plan. Number one, 
durable medical equipment. That's a pretty broad term. It could be a new knee, surgical mesh, a hospital bed, a walker, um, you know, what have you, oxygen, of course. You pay 20% of the cost of that, and that can add up quick. Mm. Number two, Part B drugs, which is chemotherapy and infusions and things like that. You pay 20% of that cost. That's American money. Number three is if you go into a skilled nursing facility, let's say you get a new knee, of course you're going into rehab, Medicare pays the first 20 days. And for a lot of Americans, that works, maybe even most Americans. However, if you need to stay longer than that, and it's still a Medicare-approved stay, Mm -hmm. they'll cover up to 100 total days, but you pay like $196 a day of that cost. And so, again, up until you've hit your maximum out of pocket. And each one of those plans has their own, but it's in that five, six, seven thousand $7,000 range as a general rule. Yeah. So, you know, and, and again, seniors, fixed income, they bought it because it was low cost, but sometimes it, it rears up like Itching a snake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds to me like dealing with that is just as bad as individual health insurance. You really need right. somebody to – that knows what they're doing. Yeah, right. I mean, that's not something you want to. Yeah, you don't want to go at that alone. Yeah, yeah. and, I, and I'll, I'll plug my crowd as an independent agent. Uh, we don't, you know, we always have to give a disclaimer. There are, uh, I don't know exactly because we don't have to tell them this part yet, but let's say there's 23 Medicare drug plan options and we represent 19 of them. I'll, I'll have to tell every Medicare recipient that as I speak to them this fall. Um, and the same thing with the Medicare Advantages. Uh, but we are licensed and appointed and certified to write with many, many companies between these plans. And so we're not just tied down to one carrier. If, if somebody calls one of our people and they say, hey, we've got this great plan and it's $22 or it's $0 and all that, is it better than what I got? All I know is what I've got, lady. You know, take it or leave it. You know, right. that's. I mean, they've got two or three options within their company, but when you're working with an independent agent, we can be a little more specific and make better and other mm-hmm. recommendations. That might be the plan we'd end up with yeah. that that same person talked about. But at least you know you you looked into the options, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, is there any uh, benefit to an individual, uh, you know, with individual plans or Medicare plans, working with an accountant uh, in these, especially I guess, especially on the individual plans with subsidies, right? Well, yeah, especially if if they have a a complex tax issue. I mean, mm-hmm. if if they're uh, uh, you know forty hours a week and you know working and making. You got a spouse and a couple kids, and you make less than a hundred thousand dollars. Obviously, I'd still use you guys as a CPA to do my taxes. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the planning part because their income's just right there, and right. nothing really significant's going to change other than a Christmas bonus or something, right? But you know, for those people that are in sales or they're self-employed, mm-hmm. that's your your services are invaluable to my crowd. Yeah, and, you know, on that side to. Help me because just like you said, you've you've sent people to me, but I've said you need to talk to Chris, or I need to at least call Chris to ask this question about how this mm-hmm. is taxed. Yeah. Because boom, it, you make assumptions, and I've had a few of those that did their own marketplace plans, mm-hmm. and you know, let's say let's say a lady's sixty three and her husband's already retired. She said I had to pay all that back last year. 
what for? Well, they said I didn't put his income in, but he wasn't even getting the insurance. They didn't ask if he was getting the insurance. They said, what is the household <laughs> income? That's right. what they mean by household right. Right. income, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's and – and it – they have to – I don't say – and they're not trying to fudge it. They're just – They just didn't know. They just didn't know. Yeah. But on the questionnaire, on the questions, it says, okay, tell us about this person that's in the household. Do they have a job or Social Security or whatever? And they just marked no and went on just because mm-hmm. they're like, but he's not taking the insurance, so I'll move on, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. so we – Talked about, uh, you know, there's different types of Medicare plans. There's different types of uh, levels of ACA and all that. You mentioned the enrollment period. So once you enroll in a plan, are you locked in for a year if something changes? I mean, is there any changes during the year? There the, there can be, if especially if you move. Um, uh, there, there are certain, like, like, especially say if you move from Huntington to Charleston. That's two rating areas. So they would allow you to make a plan change potentially if you okay. wanted to. Now, on Medicare, if you moved out of state, you'd have to because those drug plans are state-specific. Okay. And some of the Medicare supplements are, and the Medicare advantages are also. So so they, again, give you a 60-day window to, okay, I finally moved to South Carolina. Now I need to get a new drug plan, you know, or what have you. Uh, and And they have those same types of of uh, special enrollment provisions. There are, there are a couple others that uh, Medicare Advantage people get, like if they buy a plan in the fall, then during the first quarter of the year, the first three months, they have a one-time opportunity to say, yeah, I'm not feeling it. I want to go back to where I was or I want to switch to a different Medicare Advantage. Um, they can do that. But they have to even generate it. I can't call them up and say, "Hey, are you happy with your with your plan design?" I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to do that. They have to call me. Now you have um, maybe some individuals that uh, maybe they worked, they were covered by an employer plan, or they were doing the ACA or something else. You know, they may leave the job. They may retire early. Mm-hmm. They're not to 65, not to Medicare yet. What options do they have? In between there, yeah. as individuals. Well, they have COBRA as an option, even even in West Virginia and, and Ohio also, in Kentucky. They have small group COBRA, which is just pretty much the same rules. They can pay the full premium, or they can look and see what their, their options are under the Affordable Care Act. Uh, just speaking with someone yesterday, there are a few examples. Why would I pay that much premium? Well... Maybe you're getting ready to have a surgery. It's already been pre-qualified, and maybe you already had enough claims to where you're almost hit your out-of-pocket already in this plan year you're in. So you might as well finish out the year with COBRA and then in the open enrollment get ready for January of next year, right? So, again, strategies. Everybody's different, and we try to ask the right questions to you know, help that client, help that individual maximize their potential for savings. I mean, because it's, it's, it's not chicken feed no matter what you do. Right. But it's mm-hmm. still, you know, it's a significant decision. Yes. And But like you say, once you get it, you're pretty much locked in unless something drastic happens. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, John, do you have any final thoughts, anything that we've not talked about or anything we want to leave our listeners with? 
Well, no, other than I'd be glad to give them my number or what okay. have you, if you or call you guys or whatever. Mm-hmm. My, we're in Barbersville. Those in our area know the Pink Elephant on Route 60, and uh, I've stared at its rear end all day long. <laughs> <laughs> it has a black tail. Did you know that? I did not no, know that. you only <laughs> think of yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, so we're that's our landmark, the Pink Elephant. We're up on Route 60 in Barbersville. Uh, our phone number is 304 525 4227. Yeah. And we'll make sure. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> 304. Five, our number is 304-525-4237. All right. And we'll obviously have that in the show notes there. So you can, uh, if you're listening in, you can check that out to get John's information. Well, John, I don't think we really have anything else. We really appreciate you coming in, in on Thank the show. You. And we'll maybe have to have you in again sometime to delve into even more health insurance stuff be glad to okay great and like i say uh, all of john's contact information will be down in the show notes and our contact information is also uh, on, on there feel free to reach out to us and uh, other than that we will see you on the next accounting for you podcast thank you for taking time today to listen to our podcast we appreciate listeners like you and ask that if you enjoy what you hear please like and subscribe to our channel to ensure you receive the latest episodes as soon as they come out If you have any questions about the topic we discussed today or would like more information on becoming a client, please do not hesitate to contact our office by visiting arcpas.com or theaccountingpodcast.com.